0: Buenos dias from Big Creek. This is a Rorschach Venezuela update from the 18th of August 2022. A quick summary of what's going down in Venezuela. It's official. Venezuela resumes relations with Colombia. On Thursday, the 11th, Maduro appointed former Foreign Minister Felix Plasencia as the country's ambassador to Colombia, days after the inauguration ceremony of Colombia's president, Gustavo Petro. In a national broadcast, Maduro said that he plans to work with the new administration to fully open the border, which has been closed to vehicles since 2015, and begin the reestablishment of diplomatic and commercial relations. Just minutes later, Petro appointed former Congressman Armando Benedetti as the ambassador to Venezuela. On Friday the 12th, Juan Guaidó, interim president of Venezuela announced that he would seek to quote establish formal contact with Petro, And quote. Guaido said he had entered into informal conversations with the Colombian president previously, but that to date they have not reached any agreement. However, there's bad news for Guaidó. On the same day, during a press conference, Petro said that quote, Guaido is a non existent president, end quote, and that he has no Power in Venezuela. Still speaking of Colombia, on Tuesday the 16th, the Comptroller General of the Republic reported that the Petro administration gave the control of the Monomeros Petrochemical Company back to the Maduro government. After breaking diplomatic relations with Venezuela in 2019, former President Iván Duque handed over the Venezuelan company located in Barranquilla, Colombia, to interim President Juan Guaido that same year. The information was released by the Director of Comptroller's Office, Elvis Amoroso, who said that the Guaidó administration made the company go bankrupt. On Thursday the 11th, Gustavo Vizcaíno, the Director of the Automated System for Identification, Migration, and Immigration, better known as SAIME, reported that the agency is ready to resume operations in Colombian territory. Venezuela's embassies and consulates have been closed in Colombia since 2019, making it impossible for thousands of Venezuelans living in Colombia to request a renewal or extension of their passports. In an interview with the Union radio station, Vizcaino finally spoke about the Saying May website's failure that occurred on the 21st of June. The director reported that the webpage went down because of the U.S. sanctions against Venezuela and that the foreign manufacturer, whose name he did not give, refused to give them the website license to continue operating, now from Colombia to Argentina. On Thursday the 11th, the Argentine justice did not allow Venezuelan-Iranian plane crew members to leave the country after Judge Federico Vigiena announced the release of 12 of the 19 crew members. Prosecutor Cecilia Incardona appealed his decision. The case was suspended and this Thursday, the day they were supposed to leave the country, Judge Vigiana granted Incardona's request and did not release the crew members. The future of the 12 crew members, 11 of whom are Venezuelans and one Iranian, is in the hands of the Federal Chamber of La Plata. Following this news, on Thursday, the 11th Paraguay's anti-corruption minister, René Fernández, told the Argentine Senate Investigation Commission that the crew members were involved in the murder of Paraguayan prosecutor Marcelo Pechi and asked the Argentine justice to keep investigating the plane and crew members. On the same day, the minister of transportation and the president of Conviasa, the company that owns the plane, Ramón Velázquez, denied Fernández's claims. However, Velázquez affirmed that the plane was in Paraguay when Peche died. Let us remember that the plane was held in Argentina on the suspicion of having ties with a terrorist organization. Next up, on Monday the 15th, Douglas Rico, the director of the Criminal and Criminal Scientific Investigations Corps, better known as CICPC, reported that a scammer selling cryptocurrencies was captured. The criminal was investigated as Anthony Flores, whose modest operandi was to make posts through social media, where he claimed to be a director of the company Fintech del Alba, CA, which after investigations turned out to be a false company. Also on Monday the 15th, the natives of the Wotuja ethnic group from Venezuela submitted a document to the prosecutor's office in Puerto Ayacucho in the Amazonas state, demanding to know who murdered the indigenous leader, Virgilio Trujillo, who was killed on the 30th of June. On the 5th of July, the director of the CICPC announced that they will continue investigating until they find the culprits of the crime that, quote, shocked the regions of Amazonas state, end quote. To date, no further details of the case have been offered. Protests continue in Venezuela. On Thursday, the eleventh, workers from the education sector marched, demanding the full payment of vacation bonus, salary increases, and the resignation of Yelitsy Santa the minister of education. The protest ended after walking almost two kilometers to get the ombudsman's office, where a protesters' commission handed the ombudsman. A document listing their requests. Currently, workers in the education sector earn less than $50 per month. Regarding the vacation bonus, this is given at the end of the school year to the public and private educators. Some of them expect to receive around a $1,000 bonus. Following this news, on Friday the 12th, the Minister of Popular Power for University Education, Tibise Lucena, announced on her Twitter account that they will make the full payment of the vacation bonus between the 12th and 21st of August. However, Lucena did not mention the payment conditions, which caused backlash on social media. In other news, on Monday the 15th, the warehouse of the Venezuelan Institute of Social Security caught on fire. The warehouse was in charge of distributing supplies for hemodialysis and peritoneal dialysis patients. On the same day, the Minister of the Interior and Justice, Remigio Ceballos, reported on his Twitter account that the fire was put out a few minutes after the firefighters arrived. Ceballos said that the incident was a sabotage against the country's institutions and that an investigation will be conducted. The Minister of Health Magali Gutierrez ordered the immediate replacement of the lost supplies after the incident, since due to the fire, some patients in several health centers in the country did not receive their treatment. There were no deaths or injuries, only material damage. Following this news, on Tuesday the 16th, the Venezuelan Institute Of Social Security, Moot received more than 7,000 supplies from Panama and India. Moving on, on Tuesday the 16th, two water sprouts left 300 families affected and more than 20 injured in Sulia State. Hurricane force winds toppled trees, energy poles, and the roofs of markets, schools, and churches. The governor of Sulia State, Manuel Rosales, activated an emergency plan that includes medical care and food to attend to those affected. Rosales said that, quote, there are houses that have been destroyed, others that have lost part of their roofs, and others that have presented minor damage. Speaking of Zulia State, on Sunday the 14th, officials from the Maracaibo Police of the Sulia State Police Corps dismantled a clandestine laboratory where they manufactured, falsified, and distributed medicines. The medicines were created with unknown products and then sold under well-known brand labels. Four people were detained. A TikTok challenge ended in gunshots, persecution, and police deployment of the state of Miranda. On Thursday the 11th, a group of teenagers tried to do the TikTok challenge known as El Barbaro, which consists of closing businesses' roller shutters. The situation led a citizen to believe it was a robbery, so he took out a gun and fired a shot to scare away the teenagers. Upon hearing these gunshots, the police spread out through the city of Los Teques in Miranda and found the adolescents who were imprisoned for a few hours. The owner of the firearm was arrested and then taken to public ministry. On Saturday, the 13th, the ex political prisoner, activist, and political scientist Vasco da Costa died of a stroke. He had been in a coma since the 7th of August. Da Costa was remembered on social media where hundreds of people sent him heartfelt messages. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining us. But before we leave, we wanted to ask you something. In light of the fuel shortage, how much have you paid for gas this week? Do you think the price was cheap, fair, or expensive? Let us know at Venezuela at or Instagram at Rorschach Venezuela or Twitter at Rorschach underscore ven. Hasta la próxima.